0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Napa Sands Amazingly Successful Podcast.
1: didn't think we'd make it this far.
0: (laughs) Going with the flow. I am Steph. And I am Chris. And we are the co-hosts of this terribly informative podcast about wastewater treatment. If this is the first time you've ever joined us, welcome. Where have you been? And also... I just want to let you know that we treat the wastewater for the city of Napa. So we call ourselves Napa San. It's really short for Napa Sanitation District. We treat the wastewater for the city of Napa and a little bit of the surrounding unincorporated area of the county. And we provide recycled water to a bit larger service area. And that recycled water is water that's gone through our treatment process and is then used for irrigation of all different types. So today, what we wanted to talk a little bit about was how to dispose of pet waste. So we get a lot of questions when we go to events about how to properly dispose of pet waste. People want to dispose of it in the greenest manner possible. And so a lot of people want to know if they can flush it, if they can compost it, you know, kind of what the options are for disposing of pet waste. So we get the how can I dispose of my cat or dog's poop question a lot. So here is the scoop on poop. It's really important to pick up your pet's waste outdoors because we don't want it to be washed into a storm drain and then it would enter the nearest creek or other body of water, whatever is the closest. So a lot of people might not pick up after their pets and they don't necessarily understand the importance of it, but it is definitely really important to get pet waste off the street so it doesn't go into the storm drains and cause any problems in our water bodies. And it's also just sort of a nice thing to do for other humans. Once you pick the poop up, what is actually the best way to get rid of it? So, we actually don't want you to flush pet waste down the toilet, especially cat waste. That's typically covered in cat litter, unless you train your cat to go to the bathroom like they did and meet the parents, which is pretty great. <laughs> so, if you have that going on, that's one thing, right? But most people don't. And so, your cat waste is probably gonna be covered in cat litter. And while that might seem like a better alternative to then putting it in the landfill, Cat litter is made of clay and that's really absorbent. And so therefore it can cause clogs in your sewer system. So in your pipes could cause messy sewer backups. It's just not a good thing to do. So we definitely don't want you to flush cat waste covered in cat litter down the toilet. Even kitty litter that's labeled as flushable can still cause clogs in your pipes because the whole idea behind kitty litter is that it absorbs liquid, right? That's why you want to use it. So it's, it's never a good thing to put into your pipes cat waste can also pose some additional environmental health problems because it can contain a certain parasite and once that makes its way through the wastewater treatment plant potentially to the river it can have harmful effects on wildlife that we just don't want to see so it's best again to put your cat waste into the the landfill bin or the garbage bin unfortunately we've seen a lot of flushable dog poop bags and other products like that that people ask us about. And that kind of further confuses people about what to do with their dog poop. And really, none of these products are actually flushable. So they they might say flushable just like some wipes do. And that's not actually true. They don't break down in our system before they get to us and could potentially cause clogs before they get to us and then cause some hangups for us in our treatment process if they come down the toilet to us. Just as wipes and other you know non-flushable materials can add up in your pipes and cause clogs, these bags can cause blockages, lead to sewer backups, and just not great things. So really, the simple solution is to pick up your pet waste and put it in the trash. So we don't want you to put your cat or dog's waste in the compost bin. A lot of people ask if they can do that because they want to dispose of their pet's waste in a way where it might even be able to be beneficially reused. But unfortunately, pet waste can carry pathogens that are harmful to human health. So we really would appreciate it if you keep it out of the compost stream or Napa Recycling would appreciate it if you keep it out of the compost stream and put it in your trash can. We know that that's a disappointing answer for some people. But it really is the best place to dispose of pet waste. That is the scoop on poop, Chris.
1: Yeah, I think it's really good. I don't have any pets, but I get that question a lot, like what are you supposed to do with it? And yeah. You know, in particular, you know, like you said, we're not Napa recycling, but the question probably comes up, can I put it in my compost? Mm-hmm. In a bag, not in a bag, you know, what should I do with it? And yeah, it is unfortunate it has to go into the your landfill bin. But you know, when you first started talking about this actually, I thought you meant like like a pet rock. You know, like <laughs> with like a smiley face and googly eyes on it, but
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. pretty quick I caught on to where you were going with that.
0: You could put your pet rock in the garbage as well, but I just put him outside in the garden.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. Just part of my landscaping now. <laughs>
0: That is our educational message for today. And the rest of the show, we really wanted to devote to something that we've always been curious about. So we hope that you're curious as well. And that is toilets in space or yeah. just using the bathroom in any manner in space.
1: Did you come up with a good, a clever name for this segment?
0: Yeah. It's toilets in space or something like that. What do you think?
1: I don't know. I was... I assumed you would have it, so I didn't think of it like space waste or.
0: <laughs> there was a NASA article that I read about that said boldly go, and it was about the $23 million new toilet at the yeah. International Space Station. So I think we could say something like boldly go where very few people have gone before.
1: That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So on this segment, we're calling Boldly Going. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about what it's like to use the bathroom in space, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure many of our listeners will already be very familiar with. I think we are very popular with the astronaut (laughs) set. But for those of you who are not astronauts, which includes Steph and I, it does. yeah, I was just wanting to learn about this. And actually, I mean, I can jump ahead a little bit real quick, but like after doing this research, it turns out I'm definitely in the majority of people who are curious about how astronauts go to the bathroom. They said it's the number one question they get asked is how they go to the bathroom in space. Makes
0: sense. I would like to mention that Chris is an amateur cryptozoologist.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. If you have any, any creatures, mythological or otherwise, on your property that you need investigating, just give me a call. E- email info at Um,
0: But he's definitely not an astronaut. So. Anyway. Yet. Yet. There's still time. The first thing that I found that I really liked, that I thought was very interesting, was in 1961, Alan Shepard was the first American to go into space. And apparently the trip was supposed to be quite short. So nobody really thought, even though these are very smart people, nobody really thought, how is this guy going to use the restroom? So the launch was delayed for several hours, but he had already climbed into the rocket. And so he asked at one point if he could exit the rocket to pee, which is probably like, like parents on a car ride. Oh my
1: gosh, it's exactly like yeah. that. They're like... You, we told you, you know, to go before you went in the rocket. <laughs> I didn't have to go then.
0: So he didn't have to go then, but he had to go now. And so basically they didn't want to waste any more time. So Mission Control said that Shepard could safely pee inside his space suit. I kind of wish that we had a transcript of Mission Control like saying what they thought like how they concluded that he would be able to pee inside his spacesuit and it would be okay. Yeah. So basically he peed inside his spacesuit and so the first american in space went up with wet pants.
1: Yeah, I just I, I love that it was like just so inglorious he he just probably was waiting there for such a long time. He has to go. He's like, "Oh, should I say something?" And then they have like the quote in the transcripts and he just says, "Man, I got to pee." And launch control is like, <laughs> well you're covered in sensors so tough and then after a little while they decided all right i guess we'll let you go and then what he just he said affirmative and then he was quiet for a while i did read that he so afterwards because you know there's all these pictures of him like on the you know when they picked him up in the boat or whatever after he splash landed he said well it was pretty warm so you know in his suit so by the time he by the time he got to space it had already dried out and he like you know, he had the cotton undergarments and stuff and i thought well that's a that's putting a positive spin on it. Good for you.
0: Yeah, but we all know that the urine smell doesn't oh, yeah. disappear, right? Maybe it gets stronger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must have been pretty stinky in that Right, and a capsule. spacesuit is
0: made to hold everything in, so as well as keep everything out that shouldn't be there. So I imagine that could be a very sensory overload sort of experience.
1: Yeah, it's like putting on like a full cotton bodysuit covered in tin foil and just peeing in it, <laughs> I think.
0: I think it is like that.
1: Yeah, poor Alan Shepard. They didn't. They had actually, I guess, realized that. All right, this is going to become an issue because two years later, uh, 1963, the Mercury flights. Um, they had designed a collection device that essentially the astronauts could, you know, wear that would really only work for men, which Typical. I guess made sense at the time. So Gordon Cooper's flight was going to be 34 hours, so he obviously needed to have some sort of like you know device that he could he could go into. So he obviously is using this during the, uh, during the trip. But then what I found interesting was that during this flight, a lot of near the end of it, a lot of systems on his uh, spacecraft started failing, and afterwards they realized that there was a a leak in the urine collection bag in his capsule, and so that urine had gotten out and started to essentially foul some of the systems in there which is pretty wild and that's actually like the first of like quite a few incidences in space where dealing with waste has potentially seriously impacted the mission luckily he was able to make it back but i think that's pretty wild too
0: you know part of me wonders what it would look like what your pee would look like as it's flying around the spaceship you know is it just sort of yellow bubbles ish you know like drops and is it a cloud? Would it stay together in a, a mass, a giant mass of urine?
1: It's funny you should mention that. There's actually, <laughs> there's some interesting quotes I, I found about this. This is from um, uh, an article I read called Top 10 Moments in Space, Bath- Space Bathroom History, which is a fantastic I'm article. i
0: curious about the other nine that we're not going to get to here. No,
1: about. well, there, you know, a lot of them we'll kind of cover anyway. But um, this is interesting. In the fall of 2009, some stargazers had viewed something up in space with their telescopes, and they thought that it was a unique celestial phenomenon, but it turned out it was nothing more than an outer space urine dump. The space shuttle only had limited room aboard, and so astronauts have to sometimes release that urine into space. And I guess in this case, there was like an exceptionally large urine dump that took place. (laughs) And when it's released out into space, it instantly freezes into a cloud of ice crystals. And the sight of the sun hitting the droplets and transforming them into water vapor apparently is is quite astounding. Uh, The Apollo 9 astronaut Russell Schweikert once said, quote, The most beautiful sight in orbit is a urine dump at sunset. As the urine hits the exit nozzle, it instantly flashes into 10 million little ice crystals, which go out almost in a hemisphere. A spray of sparklers almost. And you can imagine like a tear going down the side of his face as he said that too. So apparently, it is quite beautiful. I thought that was interesting though.
0: Uh, Well, that actually brings me to a little tidbit here. Apparently, when astronauts poop, as does happen, sometimes the poop's brought back to Earth for scientists to study. But oftentimes, all the bathroom waste, as you mentioned, including poop, is actually burned. The poop is actually vacuumed into garbage bags. I'm sorry. The poop is vacuumed into garbage bags, which are put into airtight containers. Obviously, you don't want any leakage from those containers, as you talked about. So astronauts will also put things like TP, wipes, gloves, whatever, into these containers as well with the waste. And then the containers go onto a cargo ship, like, say, from the International Space Station. The containers would be put on a cargo ship that brought supplies to the space station. Then when it's filled with waste, they actually launch it back at Earth and it would burn up in Earth's atmosphere mm-hmm. on the way back down. So so the waste is actually getting burned. Hold on a sec, because I'm going to try to read a quote okay. that I had a lot of trouble with okay. the other day. If you've ever seen a shooting star, it might have been a meteorite burning up in Earth's atmosphere or... It might have been flaming astronaut poo.
1: I wished on that star. <laughs> Dang
0: it. I think all your wishes will come true.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize that in some of the early Apollo missions, they wanted the astronauts to bring their feces back because they didn't know.
0: Pack it in, pack it out.
1: Or, What's funny, they had yeah. no problems shooting the urine out the side, but I guess they they were concerned that you know there might be some uh you know that that space would have impacts on the human body and they weren't really sure what those were so they said, okay, you need to bring back some of this waste. So, you know, by the time we have the Apollo missions in the sixties, <laughs> um, the the way that the the astronauts had to go to the bathroom was you know, number two at least was was pretty awful sounding actually. They would essentially tape a bag to their to their butt and then just go into that the, the as best they possibly could. And there's a, a really good quote I have here by Mark Roberts, who's a tour guide at the Intrepid Air and Space Museum in New York City. And he says, there's a problem of separation. Whatever comes out of you doesn't know it's supposed to come away from you. So each fecal collection bag came with a, quote, finger cot, which is a phrase I don't like, to allow the astronauts Mm -hmm. to manually move things along. Then they had to knead a germicide into their way so that gas-expelling bacteria wouldn't flourish inside the sealed bag and -hmm. cause it to explode. And I Mm -hmm. guess also in case it, like somehow left the bag they didn't want the other you know the astronauts getting sick from like the fecal matter so they had to, like put like a little pill in there and then knead it around and i guess they said it could just take it could take like an hour because you're like taking your stuff off and then you're you know taping this thing to your butt and <laughs> hoping you got it and then doing your business with the finger caught whatever that is and then <laughs> kneading the, the germicide <laughs> in there and uh, you know, then cleaning up afterwards. So you know, the, the, the entire ordeal often took 45 minutes to an hour to complete in the Apollo spacecraft. And so to minimize their bowel movements, astronauts had a, quote, high-protein, low-residue diet.
0: No brand muffins.
1: Yeah, they said, think like steak and eggs and other foods that don't make a lot of waste after they are absorbed into the body. And I do feel like that's probably the next big um, health food craze. <laughs> high-protein, low-residue
0: and you could sell it to people that are really busy. Like you're going to spend less yes. time in the bathroom.
1: You just got an extra 20 minutes in your day. Mm. Except like every once a week then <laughs> it's that's a all you're doing. Of hours. <laughs> that's all you're doing.
0: One of the most fascinating things that I found and we recycle water here. I feel like we're almost astronauts. I mean, come on. They recycle their water just in a much faster Way. So I was reading this article, and it's about my level because it's called Curiosity Kids.
1: So I'm a curious kid.
0: Yeah. So it's right about met me where I am at. Yeah. Um, so pee is more than 90% water. So this is all quote. Pee is more than 90% water. Since water is heavy and takes up a lot of space, it is better to recycle pee rather than bring up clean water from Earth. All astronaut pee is collected and turned back into clean, drinkable water. So apparently, astronauts have like a famous saying that
1: goes like this:
0: "Today's coffee is tomorrow's coffee."
1: That that quote was actually, I think, just sort of randomly. It was spoken by one of our board members a couple of meetings ago. <laughs> I think it's really funny that you brought that up. No, but yeah, it's a good. Except
0: it's very literal there. It's you know not quite as literal, even if you have direct potable reuse, which we hopefully will have someday.
1: So for our listeners since it's hard to get a visual for this type of thing there's a couple of really good videos on YouTube you should you should check out. One is from May of 2015 it's called the International Space Station Toilet Tour. It was posted by the European Space Agency and astronaut Samantha Cristoforetti. She gives a tour of the bathroom. And then in October 2020, there's a YouTube video titled, How to Use the Bathroom in Space, posted by NASA Johnson. And in that video, NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy shows off the bathroom. And they're really good videos. You can you know see what these toilets actually look like in the ISS. There's a couple of things that I really liked about them. There's a sticker on the, I mean, it's a door. It's more like a compartment. It's like, it makes the, an airplane bathroom look, you know, luxurious in comparison. And so there's a, a door on the, a sticker on the door that um, has like a mission patch style, you know, image on it and it says the International Space Station Orbital Outhouse Team. Which I thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> but my favorite thing about this is that so they're panning the video around this pretty small compartment and if you stop the video if you pause the video just at the right time you can see that someone uh, has essentially graffitied on the inside of the compartment in this faded sharpie and it says blessings to those who wipe the funnel which i thought was so great that you know you're up there you have your they're your co-workers like you're living you know in very close proximity with them but like it's still your co-workers and someone's like you know there was obviously an event they were very unhappy with that day and they decided to sharpie that under the wall of the bathroom compartment and a couple other things i noticed i thought were crazy or at least would be concerning that's Um, like
0: those signs though like that if you sprinkle when you tinkle
1: be a sweetie and wipe the seedy i've never seen that sign before the one thing i was a little concerned about you have to go number one and number two generally separately Mm. which definitely requires some coordination Mm. so maybe astronauts are built different
0: (laughs) i also was just thinking that if you leave the seat up that you should just be ejected out into space
1: yeah you don't want your space dog drinking out of the space toilet right
0: <laughs> bye bye. And then you're just orbiting something forever. I don't know, you're just in the abyss, but you deserved it. You just
1: burn up in the atmosphere with all the waste.
0: If you shoot back towards Earth.
1: Mm. Wow.
0: I know. Sounds harsh.
1: Ha- sounds it sounds a little harsh leaving the toilet seated up, <laughs> eject into space. But I don't know. <laughs> some things are really important to stuff.
0: I did find some information. Uh, it's a transcript actually, which I really liked from mm-hmm. the Apollo ten mission. Mm-hmm. You can read these transcripts if you want to. And the, the good stuff starts on page 414 of the transcript.
1: Yeah, these were like declassified, right? Like years later. Yeah. It's like the best kind of stuff to find. In yeah, that. it says
0: confidential on it, but somebody clearly just crossed it out with a pen. On page 414 on day six of the mission, there's, I think, three different folks who are talking to each other and they're talking about something that they want to fix or some equipment or something on the ship. And then... <laughs> Someone says, then <laughs> someone says, oh, who did it? The next guy says, who did what? And then a third person says, what? And then someone says, who did it again? First person. And then they laugh. The transcript says laughter in parentheses. <laughs> and then someone says, where did that come from? And the next person says, give me a napkin, quick. There's a turd floating through the air. <laughs> So then one person says, I didn't do it. It ain't one of mine. I don't think it's one of mine. And then somebody says, mine was a little more sticky than that. Throw that away. And the next person says, God almighty. <laughs> and then everybody laughs. I just, I do like to think if you were the typist of the transcripts and you got to this part, maybe you just had a little giggle mm-hmm. yourself, which is good.
1: You had to wait like 50 years for this to be declassified so you could so tell, you to tell somebody. someone
0: about it. You could tell your dog. Then on page 419, this is still day six, they say, they told us that. And then someone stops talking and says, here's another goddamn (laughs) turd. What's the matter with you guys? Here, give me a... And then there's just laughter. It's really casual. And then they basically just start talking about, you know, equipment and the flight again. And it's just a day in space.
1: I'd heard about that story and I didn't quite understand how that could have happened. And then have, you know, after doing research for this podcast and realizing that they just had to spend an hour taping a bag to their bottom and then going into that, you could totally see how it'd be a difficult thing.
0: Sure. Are you, are you ready?
1: For our listener who's been uh, with us for the last three episodes, (laughs) they know that I've been giving Steph pop quizzes and she doesn't know what these questions are going to be, what they're on. She's done pretty good. Are you batting a thousand on this?
0: I think so far.
1: I think I'm going to get you this time. Any
0: day now, that will stop.
1: I'll let Steph take a a deep breath and Mm. and prepare herself for this. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Question number one. Of course, NASA loves their acronyms. They love their fancy-sounding names, so they don't have diapers.
0: Well, that's why I was hoping that the International Space Station outposts out house team whatever was was a cool acronym but then when i figured it out in my head it was
1: nothing no it's not no it isn't i know they did have a bunch of other acronyms and they also were not that cool unfortunately Mm -hmm, so nasa you can give us a call and we'll help you come up with some better acronyms so they don't have diapers they have maximum absorbency garments or mag Mm -hmm. nasa's mag Mm -hmm. how much liquid waste can it hold is it A, four cups, B, two liters, or C, one pitcher of margaritas blended?
0: <laughs> so blended. Okay. Well, that's that's different. All right. Well, I'm trying to think about how much Aiden pees. He's a very prolific peer.
1: No one knows who Aiden is. That's
0: fine. So, that's hmm. Stepson. son. Just,
1: <laughs> just in case you're wondering, it wasn't like a coworker.
0: That's true. It'd be better if you didn't clarify. (laughs) I'm going to say four cups, because that sounds like a lot. And I don't believe it's a whole pitcher of margaritas. Although I know you like to do those equivalencies. So that could be it. But I'm going to say four cups.
1: Finally got you. It's B, two liters. And I actually have no concept of how much liquid waste that is. It kind of made me wonder Well, I understand that. I mean, in terms of my own body, though. I don't know how many events that would be for me, for example. That sounds like a topic for another podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two liters. Their maximum absorbency garment, the mag, can hold two liters of liquid waste, which is maximum. Yeah.
0: That is maximum.
1: All right. Got you on one. Question two. In 1984, on Space Shuttle Discovery, the wastewater venting system failed, leading to a formation of a pea icicle, or peesicle, or cycle outside the shuttle. How big was this icicle of urine? Was it? A, approximately 2 feet long and 200 pounds. Oh, wow. B, about 12 pounds and 10 inches long.
0: Oh, wait, wait, wait. So the first choice was what again?
1: 2 feet long and 200 pounds. 2 feet long,
0: 200 pounds.
1: Yeah, are you taking notes? Yeah. Are you going to draw a diagram? Yeah. There's not. There's nothing on the line here.
0: 200 LBs. Okay, go ahead. Yeah,
1: about 12 pounds and 10 inches. Shouldn't these be in metric? Who did this quiz?
0: That seems very... It's a big difference. A big difference between the one that is much more massive, I feel like. The first one is much Uh, more massive. Yeah,
1: you're right. Or is it... So it's much more dense. C. What
0: were they eating and drinking? Do you know?
1: Tang and steak and eggs, apparently. okay. Or was it C, about the size of a large Christmas tree topper?
0: (laughs) I want to go with the two feet long, 200 pounds, but I'm going to be more moderate, and I'm going to say 10 inches, 12 pounds.
1: Listener, I've stumped her again. Darn it. it was 200 pounds. It was I, a 200 pound pea like icicle. A... So, this was crazy. It was so big that NASA said, when this thing potentially breaks off as you're re entering, it could cause some damage. And, like, we obviously know, you know, how that went. So, they had to use the robotic arm, that giant, cool robotic arm in the shuttle, to like knock this icicle awesome. off of the go space go shuttle
0: gadget arm,
1: and then when it landed, they did an investigation and they found there actually was some other damage from like smaller icicles that had formed. Two hundred pounds. All right, Th- this one's just for bragging rights since I already got you. Mm. Um, so you've already mentioned a couple times that the current toilet on the ISS costs about twenty-three million dollars. It's the most expensive toilet ever. The second most expensive toilet is a gold toilet in China that was made to honor Vladimir Lenin. The third most expensive toilet, what is it made from? Is it A, 72,000 Swarovski crystals? Oh,
0: that's very nice.
1: A 400-pound solid block of obsidian?
0: Oh, that's nice, too. Well, these just keep getting nicer.
1: Or is it C, the toilet Elvis died on?
0: (laughs) Wait, you think it's made from the toilet that Elvis died on? That was melted down and just put in there? (coughs)
1: It is that toilet. Let's just say that it's the toilet that the king fell off of.
0: I'm going to go with the obsidian. Don't tell me it was the crystals.
1: That's it. $72,000. It cost about $130,000. Is the
0: seat seat made of crystals? Because ouch.
1: I think it is made out of that little wafer-thin piece of paper will help a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, it's $130,000 Swarovski crystals. 0 for 3.
0: I feel like a real failure. I'll make them
1: easier next time for you. True or false?
0: (laughs) I think we've discussed all of the space material that we had for you. Next time, we will have a much more earthly podcast, which will focus, we believe, don't hold us to this, but we believe on the 2023 Summer Collection System Rehabilitation Project that our engineering department will actually be starting in March. We'll talk to Michael Fitch, who is the engineer for that project, and we'll find out what that's all about and get to know a little bit about Michael. Yeah, it'll be nice. Yeah, he's okay. So on that note, everybody, we're going to let you go and just leave you hanging till next month. Thanks for listening. See you later. Yep, thanks,
1: everybody. Bye.